Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, everyone. So glad you could join us for another episode of Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports. I'm Lisa Granitstein, and it's here where the world's greatest marketers, media pros, athletes, and coaches share their remarkable career journeys and how they achieve peak performance. Today, I'm stoked, and I use that word on purpose, to introduce Jesse Miley Dyer, who is the World Surf League's SVP of Tours and Head of Competition. We'll talk to Jessie about her career, how she rode the wave from pro surfer to league leader, and discuss what's next for women in sports. But first, some background on Jessie. Jessie grew up in New South Wales, Australia, and began surfing when she was eight. She spent 15 years as a pro surfer, winning many prestigious competitions before joining WSL in 2011. And in 2018, Jessie played a key role in bringing pay equity to the Pro Surfing League, which became the first U.S.-based sports group to offer equal pay globally for every competitor. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, How there you are. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me. So I have so many questions to ask, but first I, I want to start with, tell me, Tell me a little bit about your role as head of tours and competition. What does that mean? How much are you traveling? What do you get to do? Yeah, so at the moment, I've been going to all of our events. But, um, you know, as head of competition, I'm in charge of all men's and women's competitions and um, and all of our tours, you know. So we have the championship tour, which is our very top tier, but we also have the challenger series, our longboard champions, uh, and also a big wave tour. So, I look after all of those tools for us. Okay. Now, how did you get into surfing? Obviously, you're from Australia. Everybody there probably has a board who's on the coast. Who influenced you? How did you get into it? 
Yeah, I mean, surfing is such a part and the beach culture in particular in Australia, it's such a part of our culture. But, um, you know, my family um, spent a lot of time down the beach and surfed. You know, my dad surfed and I grew up surfing with him. My auntie also um, surfed as well. She owns a surf school in Sydney. And then, you know, my family spends a lot of time, you know, swimming. So my mum had had taught me to swim, you know, proper strokes at three years old. So I feel like we just grew up down the you know, around the water and it became like a bit of a natural progression for me to start surfing. And what made you decide to get into competition? And what was that like being a woman in a very male-dominated sport back then? Well, my first contest, I was 11 and I was the only girl in the contest and there weren't, there wasn't actually a girls division. So I surfed against um, a bunch of the boys at home in Bondi and and I, I remember growing up that there just weren't there weren't many women in the water. And it was before Blue Crush and before surfing was cool and before yeah. the women industry really took off, you know. So I grew up surfing um, in boys' wetsuits and, you know, boys' board shorts, you know. And when, when Roxy, you know, came on the scene and started making apparel for women, it was such a big deal to kids like me. So, you know, but I um, when I started competing, I found like a really great community of young girls who are, you know, like me and interested in surfing. And I had so many great friends from, you know, literally some of the first contests I ever did. But the very first <clears throat> major contest I did, it was a an all-women's contest for, um, you know, under 12 all the way up to opens. And it was something my dad had scoured and, and found for me and he drove me, <laughs> drove me there to meet other people. Wow. So what what has changed in in terms of the attitude for, of women in the water? Is it is it is it much more equal now? Does it feel different, um, especially in the, in the pro tournaments? And since you've been you've been working there at, at World Surf League. Yeah. So when I first um, grew up competing, one of the biggest things that's changed for us and one of the kind of, I guess, one of the most visible is around equal prize money and and the the value that we've put on the women's tour and the amount of effort as well in, you know, recreating that platform. Um, you know, I only ever won a single championship tour event, which is our like version of what would be, I don't know, like a grand slam. And um, it's kind of like a really tangible difference because I won $10,000, you know, and I thought I was killing it. Like it was, and I, <laughs> I was so stoked to win, you know, to use your word, but um, I was so happy to win that event. And I'd never really looked at the men's prize money levels, you know, cause I knew that they, they weren't necessarily something that were for me. So one of the things that we have now, which is, is really obvious is um, that, that notion that the women's performances are equal and we have an equal value attributed to that. So the first ever, mm. Um, our first ever championship tour event that was an equal prize money event in 2019, we had Caroline Marks win $100,000. So, so there's a a lot of like, yeah, just the, the, just, you know, that focus on the women's tour and, um, and feeling like it's, you know, it's, it's as equal to the men. That's a, that's something that was different for me back in the, the, the olden days when I was competing. Yeah, and you talk about, um, we talked a little bit about pay equity and, and you definitely have it now. You're, you're the first and maybe the only league where men and women are paid equally, which is amazing. What was that like trying to push it through? Was it a big, uh, a big effort or was it something or just like, yes, of course, this makes sense? Um, what was the culture like? It was, it was a journey through um, a couple of things that happened in surfing. Like one of the, the standout for us has been new ownership and 
you know, the league being based in America with a new ownership group who really have believed in the women's platform. And um, making decisions like that, I think, become really easy when everyone in the organisation believes the same, you know, value set. You know, everyone at WSL um, really does believe in the women's tour and and when we're making these decisions, whether it be equal prize money for women or whether it be, you know, some of the, um, some of the spots that we're going to on the women's championship tour now and the men's championship tour, um, they become really easy to make. So I think that that um, has definitely been something great for us. And talk about equity in the waves. Um, what's happening with the Olympics, the Paris Olympics in 2024, it, I think the, the surfing is going to be in Tahiti. Yes. And there was some, there was some controversy over Chupo, which is where the surfing competition was going to happen. W- women weren't allowed to surf there or they didn't want women to surf there. What happened? So it's so Chopu in um it's a spot in Tahiti and it's one of the most dangerous waves in the world, you know. It's it's definitely a wave of consequence and it's an it's pretty cool actually that we, the Olympics is going to be in Tahiti. The WSL is also running women's events in Tahiti at Chopu. We were meant to be going there this year and obviously um there's been so many issues with COVID that we didn't get to go, but um it's great for us as as a sport to be in these spots and especially in the Olympics, you know, it's such a, it's such a point of pride for us as a sport to be, you know, represented on that stage. Um, Mm -hmm. In Tokyo, we had our reigning world champions both take gold and that was awesome for us to see, you know, Italo Ferreira and Carissa Moore do so well and, you know, represent the sport and such a massive platform like the Olympics. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Wow. Okay. And and one other area that in terms of equity that you're looking into is uh, you have a program. It's a little bit on, on hold, you mentioned, because of COVID, but Rising Tides program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Rising Tides um, was our girls' youth engagement program that we started 
as a part of our equal prize money announcement, we we also look to do <clears throat> like a grassroots engagement um, for young girls everywhere that we went on the tour to, you know, kind of show them, you know, A, <clears throat> not only what the tour is and and who the surfers are, but also just to give them a little chance to, to surf in lineups that are uncrowded. And, you know, we were shutting down um, the the lineup, which is you know where you're where we were holding contests for mm-hmm. for just the groups of young women and girls, and it's a really cool thing because we're going to some of the most famous waves in the world, and the chance to get to surf there with just you know the the pros and a group of your friends is actually mm-hmm. makes it, it gives you a chance to access the spots in ways that maybe you'd never done before. But, um, yeah, so many of um, the women on tour as well, everyone has these photos of them meeting uh, professional surfers when they're kids. So we were going through and, you know, kind of meeting the next generation of who who might be on on our our tours going forward. Wow. So what was it like making the transition from, from athlete, from pro surfer to front office? Was it, uh, you know, t- talk about that experience. What what were the, some of the first jobs you were doing? How did it feel being out of the water, at a desk? And how did you make that transition? Yeah, so I was actually, um, <clears throat> I was really fortunate in that I transitioned straight into a role with the league at the time. And um, my family was kind of joking at me about it because I had taken the position as the women's tour manager because we didn't have one at the time. And the, the, you know, from the last event of the previous season, I was in that event at the, at the championship tour level. And then the first event the next year, I, which is really only a matter of months, I, I popped up as, you know, as you say, behind a desk. And um, I actually have, I really enjoyed it. I think that um, I definitely recommend for, for, you know, retiring athletes to, to have something that you're passionate about and and be able to still work in the field, you know, for me, the women's tour and and obviously just surfing in general, um, you know, being an ex pro was was something that was a really big part of my life, and um, the ability for me to you know be able to go to university and be working in the league and you know still working around the tour and and being a part of something that was a really um, huge part of my life um, was really mm-hmm. valuable. Yeah. Now, do, does the W SL work alongside or speak to any other women's leagues or other leagues in general? Like, do you part, do you share information or ideas? How do, I'm just curious about that. Um, we definitely have actually, to be honest, really good relationships around with athletes. Um, our athletes are um, who were like obviously they're a very big stakeholder of ours and, and we have really good partnership with the surfers on our tours but all of our athletes are very connected with with other sports in particular some of the you know so-called action sports um, mm. between like skateboarding and snowboarding we'll we'll definitely have quite a few women coming right. forth yeah yeah and and so um WSL has done such a, a phenomenal job with pay equity um, when you look at other sports today and, and we, you and I were having that conversation earlier about the uh, National Women's Soccer League and how they're, they seem to be struggling on, on many different fronts, uh, both with pay equity, with the culture, with even harassment coaches. How, how do, do, do you keep this, what, is, what has been a very male-dominated sport, 
um, on the level? And then what kind of advice do you have for other leagues that are going through a bit of a tough time? One that you were able to kind of get through really seamlessly, it seems. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> for sure, like surfing has a, a really great culture around the sport and, mm-hmm. and the organization. And one thing I think that strikes me when I'm, you know, looking at some of the struggles that uh, soccer has, you know, I think is getting everyone on the same page and believing in a certain value set, but also believing in the ideal of what soccer could be. Mm-hmm. You know, watching Megan Rapino and women like that fight for um, equal pay within the sport um, has been, it's a, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting for us to watch because I know that it's not a position that surfing would have ever been in where we would be have, have been fighting like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do my, I really do recommend that, um, you know, taking people with you on the value set and, and hopefully, you know, they can be, all be aligned on the fact that, you know, doing the, doing the right thing even when it's hard is, you know, it's not only good for the sport and the players, but it is also, you know, it's, it's important for the brand for soccer. Yeah. And speaking of brands, do you feel there's um, enough attention paid to women uh, in surfing as, I mean, again, a lot of men do this sport. There's a lot of products that are targeting them, but do you feel that's balanced out? Where are things on that spectrum? Yeah. So one of the things, um, particularly at at WSL, like we pay a lot of attention to that because for us as the league, we have a real leadership position in the space, you know, in, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, showing men and we, men and women equally on all, like our social platforms and within the broadcasts and things like that. Um, I think it's definitely when I, it felt like, you know, for again, to, to date myself, but it did feel different when, when I was competing and representation is really important. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so brands are going after women now for endorsement deals and, and there's a, there's enough out there for them. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I do think that um, when you look at the the surf industry and, you know, I won't necessarily, I won't, I probably can't speak for some of the brands and the deals that they're, mm-hmm. they're finding for women, but I think there is definitely improvement to be made within the industry yeah. for sure. But there are a lot of people who are working really hard to make that happen. And yeah. I, I do believe it will get there. Okay. So what would you like to see next for women in surfing or, or sports overall? Um, look, for surfing, what I'm really excited about in terms of watching our next generation and their performance levels, you know, there's a, there's a group of probably, you know, 12 to 16-year-old young girls coming up who are really just breaking down barriers in a lot of things such as, you know, aerial manoeuvres and that um, progression of the sport. So, the performance level um, has risen so much over the years and this next generation of young kids um, are just blowing everyone out of the water. I'm really excited for that and, like, we're really excited to see some of those kids on the pro tour. Yeah. Are you able to keep up? Uh, I'm not able to keep up. <laughs> absolutely not. I no. will. I absolutely wish. But, no, those kids, the, there's this young group of girls that are just unbelievable. And if I ever it's- did... If I ever did an air even a tenth as good as anything that they would do, I probably would retire on the spot. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, listen, this has been wonderful. What I'd love to do now is just go to some of your takeaways and talk through some of them, and and then um, we'll let you get back to work. 
Yeah, for sure. Oh, thanks, guys. So, look, sure. surfing is for everyone's important. I think that, you know, when we look at the ocean and and everything it represents, um, the idea that it's not going to judge or, you know, it has nothing to everyone is equal in the water, it's really important. So um, I really do encourage everyone to try surfing as well. Um, when we're talking about know your worth, it's important for me too that all of the young girls coming up who are athletes and looking at sports in general realize that an athlete's value is so much more than, you know, viewership or sponsorship dollars. And I really want, you know, all those young kids, especially in surfing, but for everyone to, to know that, you know, their, their performances are contributing an equal value to sport and they're definitely both worth investing in. Uh, and then for me personally, this one for paving the way, like that one's really important for me as an ex-pro, you know, it's the next generation that I find really inspiring, like all those young girls who are doing those crazy aerial maneuvers. And um, I, we work really hard to, and, you know, me in particular, I know that I won't benefit from any of the opportunities these kids are going to get. But um, as someone who's retired, I do definitely think it's, you know, my duty to make sure that they have great opportunities for, you know, when they're coming on tour. And it's definitely a privilege for me as an ex-pro to, to be able to do that for them. Excellent. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is invaluable. And it's really, it's been interesting getting a glimpse into the world of surfing. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens, and edited by Lane McGibney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.